Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner, also known as The Profit Booster. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for a future exit. Because building a profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I look forward to sharing strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have this great, powerful training I want to share with you. It's called the 30-Day Profit Booster. This is where I'll show you how you can get a 45% boost in your net profit in just 30 days. Simply by following a three-step method that doesn't require that you're chasing more customers. And this quick and easy profit boosting strategy can be done without putting more money, not not the first dollar, but additional money on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go check it out at 30dayprofitbooster.com for more information. All right, I'm excited to have my guest on today. David McBee is an executive producer and host of Simplify TV an online web series and podcast that provides opportunities to showcase leaders and doers in the marketing and advertising space. That's why I kind of stumbled on that line a little bit, allowing them to share insights, perspectives, and unique stories. David also hosts the Simplify webinar series featuring industry news, technology rollouts, and training on all things related to advertising, targeted ads, and connected TV. David is a great keynote speaking uh, for events, training, and educations, both both virtually and in person. Topics include elements related to internet marketing. So David has a role at Simplify, um, and he graduated from Blue Springs High School, gosh, way back in 89, and Avila University with a bachelor's in, uh, so BFA. So I have to figure out what's, what's a BFA. Bachelor of Fine Arts. Fine Arts. Yeah, I would have thought finance because I come from the financial world. Duh. Well, if it uh, were finance, I would have made money, but I did the <laughs> arts. <laughs> and he's uh and so and theater in 93 and works in the fields of guerrilla marketing and yellow page advertising before transitioning to where he works in CEO, paid search, social media, web design, and more. He is honored to be one of the first uh Google certified AdWord trainers in 2008. When he's uh, when he's not writing children's books, uh, he's a DJ off road adventures and um, and um, his book DJ's Off Road Adventures, is, which is available on Amazon. And he is passionate about reading, self improvement, health, and outdoor. And his family, David, welcome to Profit with a Plan. So Thanks excited for to have having you. me. It's always fun to hear someone talk about you, like in <laughs> you know reading your biography. It's like, oh, I. I, I've done a few things. That's kind of I fun. Have, I have <laughs> done a few things, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I just love the idea that, you know, we all have these personalities, like writing children's books. How cool is that? And and we can take these, these pieces of our own personality and infuse them into our business. 
And so I love that. Uh, I love the children's books uh, is, is your jam. Yeah, it's and actually, I never thought I would be a children's book author. That one just kind of happened on me after a, a real experience that I felt would be translated into a fun kids book. I love it. I love it. Okay. So we're here to talk today about getting an ROI on your, on your marketing and your advertising and ads and stuff. So there was a little hiccup when I said that, because when I introduce my, my programs, I'm talking about things that you can do without spending the word is additional money. You still have to advertise. You still have to market. You still have to put your ideas and concepts and pieces out there. And I think what people get nervous with is how do they invest that money and know that they're getting a return on it? So I love this angle that we're going to talk about today. But when we go back, you went to theater. How did you get into SEO? How did you get into marketing? It's crazy. Oh, well, actually, I went from theater not making any money to uh, selling yellow pages, actually. So it was yellow pages that helped me transition into my uh, my career in the internet marketing world because, you know, the the internet came along and decimated the yellow pages. So I had to transition with it or I was going to be left behind. But marketing in a way is still a yellow page. It's just online, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I went from yellow pages to doing Google AdWords, which is kind of like going from selling eight tracks to selling CDs, right? It's (laughs) it's kind of the same thing. A person is looking for a plumber. And in 1999, they went to the yellow pages for that plumber. That was a thick book that got mailed once a year to your home. Half of it was white pages that had your your personal telephone number in it. And the other half had these yellow ads in the front half of the book. Or was it the back half of the book? I'm glad you um, said that. I actually did a presentation the other day and I mentioned something about the yellow pages and I looked at the room and realized how young the audience was. And I was like, do you guys know what that is? And like (laughs) some of them literally did not. One of them was like, I think my parents used to prop me up on those at the kitchen table, but (laughs) they didn't know what they were. And I thought that was crazy. Yeah. In some towns, they were literally a three inch book of really fine paper with a, like a a thicker cover on the outside. And if anybody remembers the jerk with Steve, um, uh, what's his last name? Steve Martin. Steve Martin. He was so excited because he was really somebody because his name was in the yellow pages. <laughs> I'm in the book. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, that's crazy because this that was the place where if you were in business, you had to place an ad and register your company in the local yellow pages. So when people wanted to look for you, they would go there. And years later, we have Google search. (laughs) That's right. But it was really in my Yellow Pages career that I identified with the idea that if an advertiser was going to put money into my product, which was Yellow Pages at the time, then I needed to prove to them that they were making more than it was costing them to be in there. And luckily with Yellow Pages, you could do some call tracking, which really Mm -hmm. was like you know, the only legacy media that you could really track. You couldn't really track radio or TV. It was just like, did you hear my ad on the radio? Like, 
you don't really you could know. ask the question. The receptionist could ask the question, how did you find us? Right. But that's a, that's that's a loaded question because maybe they heard you on the radio. Maybe they saw your billboard. Maybe they saw your TV commercial, but then they go to the yellow pages and look for you. Right. So the, getting the, the accurate answer from your audience is next to impossible in the mm. digital world. We can track so much more. And so it makes tracking return on ad spend much easier. Yeah, that's that's. It, everything's easier now, right? I mean, you don't have these big, thick books that you would throw away once or twice a year. And um, and now you have the computer that you throw away every once or two years. You know, though, <laughs> I, I think there would be some business owners who would say it was easier back then because all they had to worry about was Yellow Pages, TV, radio, outdoor. And now it's, you know, there's 19 social media channels, there's paid search, there's targeted advertising, there's uh, streaming television ads now or legacy television ads. Like there's a lot to choose from right now. So how does one choose? So if you're a business owner and whether you're brick or mortar or online or professional services, you know, how does one choose? So a lot of it depends on the goal of the business, right? Every piece of media kind of falls into the purchase funnel in a different place. Um, Broadcast television, is probably the best source for getting a brand out there, a message like this is our toothpaste, right? And especially if you're selling something that is really used by everyone, like toothpaste. Like personal attorneys, right? Sorry, they're <laughs> they're all over my TV channel. So <laughs> we'll see. And then you've got um, social media or targeted ads kind of fall more in the middle of the funnel because you can target specific audiences. You can target men over 50 or you can target... Um, outdoorsman, or, and I'm talking about myself, right? Uh, it's pretty rare that I see a shampoo ad, you know, because <laughs> no one's targeting me with that. Um, and then at the bottom of the funnel, I believe, and most people would agree with this, that's where Google comes in. That's where SEO and paid search come in. Because when a person is ready to make a purchase, mm-hmm. they go straight to Google, they look for something, they find it, they click it, and hopefully convert into an actual lead. So the answer to your question is, you know, what's your goal? Are you trying to get your brand out there? Are you trying to reach people in the middle of the funnel who are kind of your right target market? Are you trying to grab people at the very, very bottom of the funnel? And even though the easy answer is I want to get people at the bottom of the funnel who are ready to to buy, that's the smallest part of the funnel, right? There's right. A, whole, a whole lot less people at that part of the funnel. And so it's much more competitive and can be expensive. And so having a good program that covers all elements of the purchase funnel is probably the way to go. You know, that's probably the best description I've heard in a long time about where you put your marketing dollars, because everybody comes in and they're like, (coughs) oh, I just need to find and, you know, the people that are ready to buy. But if I'm if I'm correct, it's really only like three to five percent that are actually ready to buy. They've gone through their journey. They've probably figured out there's a solution. And now you have big competition because there's already somebody in their mind. Right. And you need to put people in the funnel to begin with and then kind of work your way, like stay top of mind to them as they transition from slight interest to ready to buy. And if your brand is there the whole way, then you're going to be the one they think of when they're ready to buy. And that's really Mm -hmm. the, the best marketing campaign. I love it. I love it. So this can be done with folks that, you know, uh, I use these examples pretty frequently, the plumber, the attorney, uh, the small retail, the the local restaurant, those kind of things. These can all be used with any kind of company, even if you're selling 
online products, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, a person who sells pest control would want to get in front of homeowners, right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily people who live in an apartment. So if they can target homeowners, that's, that already cuts half the waste out of their ads, right? Um, a, a business that sells uh, diapers wants to reach new parents. There are, right. there's enough data out there now that you can uh, target new parents. And so everybody from a small local business to a big company like Pampers can leverage data to advertise in ways that eliminate waste that they couldn't have done a decade ago. So, so let me address the elephant in the room um, because data is changing, right? We know that the the Googles and the Facebooks and so on, they control that data. And with the craziness of, of Apple's iOS announcement, you know, months back that says, oh, we, we're not going to share that. Is all that data still available? Well, it's interesting that you ask that. Data signals I'm not a data expert, so I'm going to do the best I can to answer your question here. But data signals come from everywhere. They really do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just the other day, uh, my wife and I were in the same room and she mentioned something about getting a migraine. I started seeing ads on my Facebook later that day for migraine medication. Yeah, right? out of here. So there's definitely something going on there. But big brothers also, looking in the room, your microphone on your computer was on the whole time. <laughs> well, it's, it's probably when you, when you post to Facebook, you give it permission to access parts of your phone. So and I'm not saying Facebook does that. Um, but I do know it's technically possible for an app to listen in. Um, and, and other apps do okay, that too, I'm right? Now, <laughs> you know, the good news is I don't think that most of these apps are trying to do anything nefarious, right? They just want to yeah. sell you stuff. So right. their their goals are benign enough that it's probably not something to be worried about. The other piece of data that I'm a big fan of is uh, geofencing or geotechnology, right? So almost every time you use an app, you give it permission to track your location. You know, mm. if you want to find a Chipotle, for example, you have to let the app know where you are so it can tell you where the closest Chipotle is. Yeah. Well, that data is also transmitted. So that means that advertisers can now target specific locations in the real world. They can target their competitors. You know, Chipotle could target another QSR restaurant, a quick serve restaurant, mm -hmm. uh, and then show ads to them. So there's a tons of really cool ways to leverage data, even with um, the things that I that Apple OS and Google are cracking down on there's still going to be a million different data signals coming from other locations. Interesting. Well, I like that they're trying to protect our privacy because, you know, that is really uncomfortable when your wife is talking about a migraine and then it shows up on your Facebook ads. Um, but it's like, yeah, I looked for one thing, you know, and now I'm getting all these ads that are just inundating me on the, the purse I wanted to buy or the shampoo I wanted or whatever it was. And I know that that gets annoying and it's starting to bother people. But I think um, something that I, I'm in conversation, I'm a marketing geek by interest, even though I'm a, a profit person that's trying to drive profit, marketing's part of it. Um, but I was in a conversation the other day and we were talking about, you know, just this conversation of how, how things are changing. And it kind of light bulbed me to say, well, it's going back from the targeted ads more to the organic social 
again a little bit on this pendulum swing until it kind of comes back to normal because if we can't target the ads and 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 retarget the clients and you can't it really doesn't make you know you you can't find out where they're shopping because all these controls that maybe a blend of that organic style of who is my ideal client and where do they hang out and what would they be interested in hearing so when they're shopping that's when it pops up or when they see me on a regular basis, that's when I pop up in in their mind. What are your thoughts on organic? Well, I think, um, you know, organic social media is much more natural, right? It doesn't feel like an ad. It doesn't feel like it's unless it's me. Then it then it is that awkwardy ad ad kind of salesy piece, but I'm just teasing. <laughs> well, I think the I think the best social media follows what I call the rule of three E's. It's uh, either entertaining, educational, or engaging. Love and that. as soon as it gets salesy, then people tend to ignore it, right? Um, so I'm a big fan of anything organic. It's just quite a bit more work, technically, right. you know, um, crafting a the A lot message. more work. So, Be- so you're still getting an ROI, but you're trading your time exactly. for, for the return versus your dollar, which is always speeding. So something I think I should point out though, you and I have yeah. been talking about being targeted, like we're saying they're targeting me, they're targeting you, but technically they're not targeting Marcia or David. They're targeting our devices mm-hmm. and that's how they protect our privacy. You know, all that data is associated with some kind of encrypted device ID. It's not mm. attached to David McBee or or to your name either. It's it's it should be protected pretty pretty safely though. Sure, sure. It's it's we all know. I mean, we all know that that targeting is done, and and that's why these these changes are coming on. So, how does a business really? take advantage. I love the idea of, that you mentioned in the in, earlier in the funnel of that you're doing these brand awareness kind of campaigns of putting you out there, educating people at the early part of the funnel, in the middle of the funnel when they're deciding and thinking about it and then obviously at the end of the funnel when they're making their buying decision. But how does one how does one go about doing that so they can get a real good invest a return on their invested time and money? Well, I think the key is being able to track conversions in some way, right? And I think the very best way for me to explain this and answer your question is to share a real example of a of a business that I worked with a while back. Yeah, thanks. So this was a plastic surgeon that I was talking to, and we had proposed um, a a full full gamut of 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 advertising techniques. We were going to do social media. We were going to do uh, paid search. We were going to do targeted advertising, the works. And um, he was like, well, well, how much is all this going to cost? And yeah. I said, before, <laughs> all right, before I answer that, let's, let's figure out exactly what you need to accomplish. Right. And so um, he had a form on his website that potential patients could complete to get um, an appointment with him. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, how many forms are you getting in general? And he was getting about 30 a month. Okay. So that's a good starting point. I said, out of those 30 forms, how many of them come in and see you? And he said about three out of 10 will come in and see me in person. And about one out of 10 of those become a patient. That's so pretty now good returns. I know, yeah. That's so now I know that he gets uh, 10 forms completed. He's probably going to get a patient out of it. 
So then the next question was, well, how much is a patient worth to you? And this particular uh, plastic surgeon um, uh, specialized in the mommy makeover, if you know mm-hmm. what that is, you know? Mm-hmm. I do. And uh, and so the profit on that was over $5,000. I think it might've been more, but he was holding back a little, right? So I said, all right, I'm well. I'm sure it was. <laughs> so I said, so um, if if I said for you know $2,500, you could have a brand new patient. Would that make you happy? That's a 200% return on your investment. That's you hand me a 20, I hand you $40 back. You hand me 50, I hand you $100 back. You give me $2,500, you get $5,000 back. Would that make you happy? Yes. And, he's, and he said, well, yes. Obviously he wanted more than that, you know? Um, but I said, okay, so would you be happy with a $2,500 a month campaign if it resulted in 10 form completions? And that was kind of where we landed. He was like, okay, now I get it. I know what to look for. We were able to track not just the form completions on his websites, uh, on his website, but the form completions generated by our advertising, thanks to mm-hmm. all the data signals that come with the ads. And so at the end of the month, all I knew what I had to show him was 10 form completions came from your $2,500 a month marketing campaign. And uh, actually, I think we ended up doing a $5,000 marketing campaign with a goal of 20. And we were we were rolling out 30 and 40 in the results. So he was super happy, right? And that's a great example of it going perfectly right. Um, but I think that is what every business should kind of demand from their marketing team is some kind of evidence that you are moving the needle mm-hmm. and that for every dollar I spend... I'm getting at least two back. I think that is a fantastic story and it puts it in in a in a keep it simple kind of mindset that everybody can grasp onto. And what happens in real life is it's kind of confusing, right? We're going to do these ads, you're going to spend this money on ads, you're going to do this, and the business owner goes, "Okay, here's the check," sits there and waits and nothing happens. Or worse, all they ask for is web traffic. And you drive web traffic to them, hoping that they're going to convert it into leads, but there's no funnel on the other and there's no process to... Exactly. You know, they they don't know if they turned those two or 300 clicks into two or three customers. And worse, they don't have a system to improve their sales process that says that they're able to convert that that application once they come into the door. So you come into my office, I give you a consultation and you know, what's my ability to convert that sale. So I know that there, this is not a standalone kind of, you know, one and done kind of thing. This is part of a bigger, a much bigger picture that needs to have touch points on it and improvements on it to improve. Maybe he can go from uh, three meetings to four, that's a huge percentage increase. Or from from every three, he gets two clients instead of the one. I mean, there's all sorts of little triggers we go. But in reality, though, if we reverse engineer everything, it all starts with getting the person into the top of the funnel in the first place. Exactly. Now, one problem with that story is that he has a really high customer value, Right. So if you're talking to the plumber or the pest control guy or the pizza restaurant, 
you know, how many clients do they need to get in order to get their $2,500 back? It's quite a few more. So then you have to look at some additional calculations. Um, And a good example for, let's say a lawn care company, you know, um, I I have a lawn care company that I think $75 a treatment or something Mm -hmm. like that. Sure. They come once a week. Yeah. And mine doesn't even come that often. Right. Oh, <laughs> I, my son mows. I'm just talking about like the, the weed <laughs> and, and, and the, the crabgrass control and things like that. But in general, um, if they think that a customer's worth 75 bucks, they're not thinking properly. You've got to mm. look at the lifetime value of that customer. Now I've been with my same lawn care company for a decade now, and I probably spend about $500 a year. So my lifetime value to them already so far has been $5,000. Now, do you say to him when you're adver- when you're building this advertising campaign, would you spend you know $5,000 for more customers like this? He can't say yes to that because right. of something called lagged revenue. Mm. It's going to take a long time to get there. But if you can start the process and you're continually feeding people in, and continually getting you know new clients out of it, even a pizza restaurant that only makes you know thirty dollars when you walk in, um, the lifetime value of that customer has to be considered. In fact, um, Starbucks uh, recently published their lifetime value of their customer. You want to take a guess at what the, what that number is? I would even think with my own pocket. Holy cow! Right? Oh, no. What's the what's the lifetime? Last I read, it was just over fourteen thousand dollars. <gasps> That's totally understandable. <laughs> and that's for a five dollar five dollar you know, cup. Yeah, exactly. So if you think about getting return on your ad spend, you've also got to consider the the annual value of your customer, the lifetime value of your customer, all those repeat visits, and then how long it will take that lagged revenue to catch up. So the first few months you are advertising, you may be in the red. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Because only bringing new people in, buying a few pizzas, you can't really justify that $1,000 or $2,000 a month campaign. But over time, those people keep coming back and bringing friends and new people keep coming. So it does work out. You just have to be able to do the math. And it's just a snowball. Right. So where where does a smaller company say say we find someone, you know, whether we're talking about that pizza, $30, you know, where where's a good break even point for someone to say yes i think i should be doing this i mean logistically long term they absolutely should be doing this but to get them over that hump in in fear of the first what 3 months 6 months a year investment where where do you think that break even should be i don't i don't think there's a single answer for that question i really don't um but it does vary you're right I can tell you that um, I've created a return on ad spend calculator. Now it's just a silly Excel form, but it allows a business to put in their total number of profit for the year, total number of customers, a handful of uh, stats, and then it can tell them exactly how many new customers they can expect uh, or how many new customers they will need to get a profit on a certain a dollar amount of advertising. So it's pretty handy. It does a ton of stupid little equations and I'm not even a math guy, but <laughs> I really wanted to dig into this. And so I created this return on ad spend calculator that small and medium business owners are using. You know, it makes total sense because it is this black hole and 
you know, um, marketers do get a bad rep because it takes time to get the momentum going, to understand and track the data, to, you know, if we remember years ago, it used to be, oh, you had to see that commercial seven times before it registered in the brain and made sense to you and, and put it in there. So we have to play that game. But the funny thing is the business owner on the other side, you know, standing on the other side of the table is thinking, I'm investing this money every month and I need customers. They coming from that fear kind of mindset rather than the this takes time and it's a process and we got to get the machine and the engine rolling first before it can start really producing the results you're looking for. So having a calculator, I think, allows the business owner to see that, to see that, oh, okay, I've got to have so, so many customers a month to offset this expense. So what do I do to generate those? And plus it gives expectations, right, to the marketing agency of what you truly need. Yep. So no matter who they're buying their advertising from, they can complete this form and hand it to them and say, look, if I'm going to invest $1,000 on your Facebook campaign, or if I'm going to invest $10,000 on your streaming television commercial campaign, these are my expectations. Yeah. And so as long as there is a good way to measure the results of those things, right? Like you, It would be really hard to use on radio because how do you know if a radio ad worked? You can't click it that you can't, you can't, I don't know. You just have to go to the website and hopefully there's a drop down box that says, I heard you on the radio, but or like, a coupon code that they announce on the radio, use coupon, you know, radio and blah, yeah, blah, mention blah. Johnny sent you from Q104, right? But at the, <laughs> right. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, it's, that's still pretty anecdotal. Yeah. But with digital, everything, you know, so many things can be tracked. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. So then um, when we're doing these kind of campaigns, because this is this is actually really, really helpful for business owners, because if you're not marketing, you're going to you're going to go out of business. You have to market and and you have to advertise and get your name out there or you're the best kept secret. And then again, the end result is you will go out of business. So this tool or these ideas are making it easier for business owners to understand the nuances that come in. Um, when we look at these kind of advertising uh, arenas, right? Um, do you recommend that we have some sort of way to document it? I mean, online, if we're online, if we're using radio and all that, is do we have the receptionist, the front person say, where did you hear from? What else could we do to be able to really know if that if that line if the lines uh, connect. The problem with the receptionist is the answer they're going to hear nine times out of 10 is I found you on Google mm. because even though if I saw your TV commercial and your billboard and heard your radio ad, when I finally want you, I'm going to go to Google and get your phone number. I'm going to call and the receptionist going to say, how'd you hear about us? You got Google right there open in front of you. So they're going to say Google. So you, you really can't track legacy media in the way that you can with digital, but on digital, um, you can use your UTM codes. You can, there's so many things you can do to track exactly which ad drew the conversion to the website. And in fact, there's even uh, technology now that can allow um, business owners to place a geofence that's kind of an imaginary fence, uh, digital fence around their own store, and then uh, target people on their mobile phones 
as they're walking by. And then when this mobile phone comes into the store, it's counted and tracked as foot traffic conversion. I know. Right. So let's say I own a little hardware store and I'm trying to get people from Home Depot and Lowe's to come to my little Dave's hardware store. Right. Well, I can put fences around Home Depot and Lowe's, target those individuals, show them ads on their phones and their other devices, honestly, because of cross device matching, which is a whole nother conversation. And then if the person comes to Dave's hardware, because I've got a fence set up around my store, I can see that the device I targeted at Lowe's now came to my store and now I've got a foot traffic conversion. That's so great. now I can say to the advertiser, Hey, you know, we drove 79 people into your store and 79 is a low number for a, for a, a hardware store. But we did this with a dentist and um, put like 48 people in, in her, uh, her office in one month, you know, and she was That's just amazing, shocked. but we were able to track the foot traffic because of the technology. And so the answer to your question is like, th- there's so many things in digital <laughs> that can be tracked that you can use to do that return on investment calculation. And you just have to be working with someone who knows how to make that happen. I love it. I love it. So then business owner, when you do invest in your marketing, you now know what your return on investment is. I love even it. even as awesome brilliant. as everything I just said is, it's still not perfect, right? Because we can't measure how many of those people bought something or how much they bought unless you have e-commerce. But in e-commerce, you can measure cart value. I mean, mm-hmm. you can measure down to the penny how much mm-hmm. you made on the advertising campaign. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I love it. So Dave, this has been great. You've really given us some insight into how to make a return on our investment with with our marketing dollars, right? Which is, like I said, originally, this has always been that black hole. You're given money and you're like, I hope it comes through, you know, and and that's a terrible position to be into for both parties, right? Because if if you on the marketing market agency side can't prove your your worth, then the business owner is not seeing the results in their mind. They're not going to want to pay you any longer. And now right. with these two pieces together, you can you can quantify what you're already doing and what the agency you're hiring and the teams you're hiring. So I, I can imagine that this is not something that every agency does, um, but is it is it really hard to set up? I mean, I don't know how many agencies are tracking all the way down to the dollar like I've been talking to you about, mm-hmm. but I think most digital agencies are implementing all sorts of tracking to say, mm-hmm. this is how many people we drove to your website, or this is how many people we drove to your form and completed the form. This is how many people we drove to your physical location or bought e-commerce. I think most di- digital marketing agencies worth their weight are doing some kind of tracking. I hope so. I yeah. hope so. But it sounds like your your methodology and and the attention to detail that you're focusing on really that really is outstanding. So, Dave, this uh, we need to know where can listeners find out more about you and how they can get an ROI on their marketing dollars. I am super hard to find on the internet. If you Google David McBee, I'm number one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love saying that I'm number one. Uh, but seriously, my web my website is davidmcbee.com. Um, and 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 all my stuff is there. So um I just republished that article about return on ad spend in anticipation of this interview. So it's the first thing on my blog when you get there. And there's a link to go download the the calculator. So 
pretty easy to find. Just look for David McBee. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. This has been so valuable and it's really given me a, a new, a new focus on, on the marketing and how to get, how to get more bang for your buck. So, um, because you got to do it, you might as well do it the right way. So thank you. This is awesome. You're welcome. I'm super grateful that you had me on your show. Thank you. Me too. Me too. Um, So listeners, I hope you found a couple ideas to put into your business that will help you be more uh, profitable. I know that this is the angle, right? We need to understand what our marketing is doing for us. And the, and, and the tracking model is there. And I would encourage you to give Dave an opportunity to look at your marketing, go through his, uh, his, his calculator and, and figure out how to, to monetize your marketing and, and make it worthwhile. So that way you'll want to invest more in to grow your company. All right. Speaking of growing your company, how would you like to boost your profit 45% in just 30 days? Don't think it's possible? Check out my new training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. This quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending additional money on marketing or hiring uh, more staff or working longer hours. Go get more information at 30dayprofitbooster.com. And we would love to hear your questions, feedback. Tell us what your calculating number is. Go check out Dave's calculator. Come back to the podcast. Tell us what you need to do to recoup that money. And uh, we'd love to we'd love to hear and see your comments on the on the podcast feed. While you're at it, please subscribe. You don't want to miss future podcasts. And you can always catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Dave. Thank you. 